I have nothing much to say about that match except for the fact that I did not have a good evening. If you are playing a high line against Chelsea, you have to have a CDM. Terrible season. He has been benched for most of the season in the Premier League. And guess what? Pep started him in the biggest, perhaps the biggest match of the season. He's not even starting against the Burnleys and the Newcastles. He still finished like what? In a Europa League spot, right? Unlike his London friend Arsenal. I'm pretty sure we might get death threats, right? At this point, every single episode. There has to be fans, bro, for us to get death threats. <laughs> we are literally shouting in thin air. <laughs> because first don't really have a lot of fans. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's the difference, right? Liverpool fan and United fan. We go for Ashford and you go for Salah. That's the main difference. Difference is Salah had twice the number of goals though. But Rashford had more assists. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Bits and Pieces Sports Podcast. This was quite a large week for football fans, especially because there were two major European finals in the same week. Well, one of them, I'm pretty sure Abiram would be delighted to talk about. The other one, not so much. Uh, we'll start with the latter. It was the Villarreal United match. I have nothing much to say about that match except for the fact that I did not have a good evening, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the high road here. I'm not going to really taunt you here at all. But um, yeah, we got to say it was an Unai Emery masterclass, right? As the memes say, it was was really, really spectacular defending from Villarreal. You got to say that. And there were some issues here and there from United. But let's not really go into that because I want to spare you the pain. Let's actually talk about the bigger one, the Champions League final. And that was something we talked about last episode, Abhiram. We talked about the Chelsea City final. We, and I felt that was quite close to what we expected, right? We expected a KG affair. But in fact, I, I thought the first half was more open than I thought it would be. And well, they just had one shot on target, by the way. All the money they spend and they've come here on all the hype around the team, all the hype around Phil Foden and Guardiola and everything. And they just managed one shot on target. They had around 60, 61% possession, by the way. And it was quite disappointing for them, but I'm pretty sure uh, Thomas Tuchel will be very delighted, especially after being sacked after taking PSG to the UCL finals. You'd never really think you'd get sacked, but he did. And one year later, pretty sure he's he's got the last laugh. We, I remember talking about the final and then, you know, we were stressing on the fact that Pep should not overthink. Pep should play his cards right. Mm. He has the players. He just has to just play properly. Like, don't take unnecessary risks. I, I actually liked that lineup he played against PSG. If you're playing a high line against Chelsea, you have to have a CDM, like, that's a that's the golden rule, right? You need a backbone in your team, exactly. and City didn't have that, and that was very visible once Fernandinho came in, right? He actually improved the game considerably. Like even then, like I think Chelsea in the first half had a lot of chances. Timo had a few good chances. Chelsea, if they were more clinical, it would have been uh, you know a humiliation for City. Expected Pep to come out with substitutions at halftime. That never happened. Like. Uh, we don't know what's going on in his head. Sometimes he just he just does this, right? He overthinks, and this was his game to lose, honestly. True. I mean, there were the there were the favorites going into the match, and although Tuchel and Guardiola faced twice uh, in span of few weeks, and Tuchel did win both matches, one would expect 
city to actually be more dominating and you you rightly touched upon the subject uh, abiram the fact that fernandinho he he is such a backbone it's not just about a cdm right he's the leader yes you have a ruben diaz he's young he's he's controlling the backline beautifully this season but fernandinho is someone who is underrated he's someone who holds that team together and obviously with fernandinho in there playing that holding midfielder role someone like an ilkay gundogan who has been absolutely sensational this season in my opinion i think he has been very instrumental in what city have done again someone who is not receiving as much credit as he should be he has been so so good at unlocking defenses and scored really critical goals right in the premier league and the champions league so he had to drop in and do that role preventing him from going forward and he's not as good as containing at containing a mount and a havertz as a fernandinho would have so they lack the experience and more importantly they played sterling he has had a terrible season he has been benched for most of the season in the premier league and guess what pep started him in the biggest perhaps the biggest match of the season why would you have sterling start in an important final he's not even starting against the burnley's and the newcastles how do you expect him to perform against chelsea that to chelsea's defense he he was against reece james one of the best oh yeah you know by the way uh, reece james just texted me he said when he uh, reached home after the massive party last night there were three things in his pocket his keys his wallet and sterling <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would have got some sterlings into his bank account yeah, as he well. He was just so poor, dude. Like I, I was so I was surprised. I mean, look, Sterling is an ex-Liverpool <laughs> player, so you know how I probably feel about him. But the fact of the matter is, he's not. He's never been as good as he's been made out to be, right? I, I all, I've honestly felt that he's been overrated a lot over the years, and he has been ex- exceptionally poor this season. So the fact that Guardiola changed something that was working for him so well throughout this covid curtail season is absolutely crazy and i just cannot wrap my head around it but let's give credit to the guy who did not overthink it right thomas tuchel came in played a rather uh, you know a team that we could you know we were talking about the predicted lineup right we were just talking about it before the match and i thought he would start pulisic but he played havertz instead and that was the only change really we can we could see that coming and boy oh boy havertz did talk for the big bucks didn't he you know he might not have scored so many goals but then he's instrumental to what chelsea have done in the champions league this year i feel even warner is also underrated he's giving those runs that's what i i still don't get it like us we play fifa and we know that <laughs> no this is something we need to be worry very about right that i still don't know why Pep- <laughs> yeah that did it like what is actually going on in his head like i think he just wanted another billion from uh, munsur so i'm pretty sure in the city dressing room munsur ended up giving a checkbook mm, to pep maybe kane who knows yeah yeah kane's i'm pretty sure kane's <laughs> ending up at the etihad <laughs> yeah i mean now that they've lost right now i actually thought he might end up at chelsea if he does not stay at tottenham i thought he'd end up at chelsea but now that city's lost he'll be looking at the next puzzle which would be a striker now that aguero is leaving so kane could be his target but you again uh, i i'm i'm still thinking about the goal they did score right it was not an exceptional piece of uh, football or so it's just that mount got the ball he had so much pace around him to turn pick a pass out and havers just had to uh, go around the goalkeeper that's it it was not an exceptional piece of football also it was quite straightforward and there was so much space 
So you rightly said it, uh, Abhiram, because it's obvious that the both game plans were obvious, right? And yet there was so much space, which I just cannot understand what Pepper is doing. Ederson decided to play CDM. Mm. In the end, <laughs> how it's ended up, you know, going uh, across and scoring. Coming in at halftime also, mm, you know, trailing by a goal. I'm pretty sure that, you know, he should have made at least one. He had five changes, right? Could have made one. And then De Bruyne uh, going out injured also didn't help. Yeah, I, one got, one's got to feel for him. That was that was terrible. He had a black eye. And it's, mm. <laughs> it was horrible to see that. You never want to see any player leaving the pitch in that fashion. So... My heart goes out to him. Right. That brings us to the end of the UCL final preview. And Abhiram and I, we always do this exercise. Okay, We've been doing that for a few years now. We have this, we name our own uh, Champions League and Premier League team of the season, so to speak. Uh, we, we are self-proclaimed football pundits. So who is stopping us, right? So we thought of doing that and we thought of discussing that because now we have a podcast, right? So, um, so I'd give it, I'll, I'll start with my Champions League eleven. Um, yeah, I'll just name the players all quickly. So in goal, I have Mendy. I thought he had an outstanding season, right? And one of the one of the signings of the season. A lot of players, even Thiago Silva, was actually attributing a lot of his success to Lampard, and that was heartening to see because he got a lot of players in, right? And Mendy was so, so critical in keeping the clean sheets. And I think they kept around 10 clean sheets out of 11 or 12 games in the Champions League. And that is very, very impressive. Uh, and, and my defense would have Ruben Diaz and John Stones. I think the Man City pair were very solid throughout the season for them. I'd have a Marquinhos. Uh, so it's my, my formation would probably be a 3-5-2 with Marquinhos, Diaz and Stones on either side of him. In midfield, I'd have uh, I'd have two wing backs, of course. I'd have a Ben Chilwell, who again <laughs> had a Riyad Mahrez in his pocket yesterday, and I actually have Joshua Kimmich on the right. Uh, although Bayern didn't really make it far this season, I feel Kimmich is was was quality, and even with such limited games, he was able to pick a lot of assists. And Bayern were really free scoring whenever they did in whatever matches they didn't play. So I'd really have Kimmich. I rate him very highly. Uh, and he's very good at dropping into the midfield as well. So he would be my right wing back. Center midfield, I think I'd have uh, Cruz, Tony, Tony Cruz from Real Madrid. He has been very, very good for the past so many seasons for Madrid. And I, I still remember that uh, assist he got, right? He, the, the pass he gave to Vinicius against Liverpool. And that was that was such an exquisite pass. So, And he is very, very good. Like having someone like him in central midfield would give so much control to the side. So I'd have a Cruz and I'd have Conte playing alongside him. And I think Conte was the player of the season. He consistently put in man of the match performances in both the Champions League uh, semi-finals and uh, sorry, both the legs of the Champions League semi-final against Madrid and the final. Right. So he was absolutely sensational. He walks into my team and my attacking midfielder would be De Bruyne with Mbappe and Haaland on both sides. We can't really name a team without Mbappe and Haaland. So that would be my lineup. What about yours, Abhiram? I'm going with pretty much the same. Um, I have Mendy on goal. Uh, you already mentioned that Chelsea had their uh, you know, problems with their goalkeepers in the past. So Mendy being you know, directly recruited by Peter Cech, uh, you you are expecting a big big signing right like mendy has you know he's worth every penny that uh, they paid for him 
and uh, I'm also going with 352. 352 seems to be the fashion these days. And um, yeah, I have uh, Marquinhos, Diaz, and Rudiger. Uh, Rudiger under Tuchel has been amazing. He's been a different beast. I don't know if it's the Germany connection. Um, he has unlocked something in Rudiger, and he was amazing yesterday. There was a really crucial block, if you remember. Yes. He made a really, really good block. You know, during that point of uh, the game, right? That was, you know, that was probably a match-winning tackle when you look at it now. Yeah, it was Foden. He then, had Foden was clear on goal, and yeah, he it was a sliding tackle, rightly timed. Then I have uh, Chilwell as my left wing back. He was excellent yesterday. Like I never thought that, you know, he was facing his ex-teammate Maris. There was a battle going on, and he he got the better of Maris. Definitely yesterday. And, and on the other wing, talking about walking into the team, right? I have Kyle Walker. <laughs> I had to make that joke. Kyle Walker, I thought like he was uh, City's best player yesterday. He was doing pretty good. He was making those runs. I don't know why City have an ability to play beautiful football, but they ended up just putting, pumping in the balls towards the end, right? If you notice, maybe, I don't know, maybe they would have done better with the Fellaini. Trying to hit them. I think De Bruyne going off made a big impact. But yes, Walker, yep. let's not forget that City had an amazing season, right? All together. And Walker, mm. this is weird. you're talking about the team of the season. So Walker is a good pick at right wing back. Yep. And in front of him, I have our man, N'Golo Kante. He seems to be, you know, I think he's my player of the year. Like, hands down, he has to receive that award because everything that Chelsea has won, you know, if you remember uh, the first season, when he won the league, then the second season, the FA Cup, third season, the Europa League, and let's not forget the World Cup for France. He has been instrumental in each and every uh, team that he's been a part of, and he is he has this ability to help players around him, which is massive. Like uh, you see how Pogba is a different beast under, uh, I mean, with uh, Kante. Mm. See players. Yesterday also, right? It was a big example of uh, Kante stepping up, you know, when it matters the most. He has stepped up in a World Cup final. He's a big game player. Now a Champions League Ma- final. Massive game player. Massive yeah. player. Yeah, massive. Because that's why we talked about him maybe missing out on the final. Mm. Kante missing out on the final, we would have probably be celebrating uh, uh, Pep's first title at City. Champions League title. I mean, Champions League title at City, if, if Kante mm. was missing. Yeah. And then with Conte, I have uh, two of my favourites, uh, Mason Mount and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne, yes, he walks into pretty much every team this season. He's had a fantastic season, even though he was out, injured in between. Mount, I I don't know, I'm a big fan of Mount. Yesterday might not have been his best game, but for the season he had, he has to be there. Like He's been the workhorse, he's done all the dirty work for Chelsea, he's been there. Yes, talk the talk. And then he has walked the walk as well. So, yep. How can we have a lineup without having the top scorer of the Champions League, right? So, Haaland. And then we have Mbappe as well. That's similar. Uh, I think the attacking uh, side, we are having similar players, right? I think the same players. That was a no-brainer, actually. Yeah, I think this is the first time in more than a decade when both of us didn't choose Messi or Ronaldo, right? Oh, man, yeah. And then people keep talking about the new Messi in Mbappe and the new Ronaldo in Haaland. So, probably this, this mm-hmm. is a sign of things to come. Let's see. Yep. And uh, now that you talked about Conte, another thing that came to my mind was the fact that the Euros are coming up. Now, although the season is over, right, the football, the club season is over and we could, it's kind of a bittersweet ending because now that there won't be as much football as we had for the past few months. 
but the fact of the matter is we're having the euros in a couple of weeks and that's going to be a lot of fun and if france ends up winning it with conte playing a big role if france wins it let's be honest conte is going to play a big role yeah then he is going to be a big big contender for that ballon d'or i am very sure of that according to me every time france does well it's it's conte and pogba running the show if True. they you know get into that rhythm conte covering pogba and pogba with the freedom to go forward and give those balls to uh, mbappe and uh, you know griezmann the they are you know favorites but then they have to get out of the group stage that's going to be really tricky right so interesting few weeks ahead now that we are having the euros and a lot of cricketing action and the nba playoffs right now we thought of doing uh, teams a team of the season for seria or la liga but we thought that we killing it right so we thought let's just stick to what we know the best what we follow the most and that is the premier league so i'll go with my premier league team of the season it's uh, quite a different one there are quite a few mainstays but um, i tried looking at different aspects as well So in goal I have Emi Martinez from Aston Villa. I thought he was immense this season for them. I do still don't understand why Arsenal let go of him and retained Leno. I think Martinez was very very impressive and he was immense immense for them. I my I'm playing a 4-3-3. So my left back would be an Aaron Cresswell from West Ham. He had 11 assists this season and I th- I thought he was really really good on set pieces as well. So for me left back aaron cresswell is a no brainer again uh my i have ruben diaz i thought he was a signing of the season he played a major role in city winning the league this time and he played a he played a role that van dijk did for liverpool when we when we became a, a major force to reckon with i think ruben diaz is young and he's a major major talent that city have acquired at the right time pairing with him i'd have rudiger you talked about him you talked about his revival so to speak with Uh, under Thomas Tuchel, I thought he was absolutely good as well. And not to forget, Diaz and Rudiger are really, really good at picking out long passes. So that that would be my ideal central pairing in the back. On the right, I, I've taken probably an unorthodox pick. I thought about Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that Dallas. He was the defender with the most goals this time. He scored eight, if I'm not wrong. And he usually plays left back, but then he can play so many roles. He's so versatile and, and under Bielsa, he's played an, a number 10 role. He's played in the midfield and he's also played right back in the past. So I'd have him in the right back so, to accommodate him as well because he has such an outstanding, astounding season. And Leeds United, I feel, yes, a lot of people rally behind them, but then they quietly had a very good season inside the top half. so i definitely wanted to have someone from leeds so that would be dallas central midfielder role is someone i was confused about i thought about a southcheck who had a great great season he was a massive threat aerial threat as well with cresswells on cresswells corners especially but i'm going with the gundogan again someone we talked about him uh, a bit earlier and gundogan i felt was very very integral in city's campaign this time especially with the de bruyne out right Amaris and a Sterling not finding form. Amaris was great here and there, but then I felt Gundogan carried the team in in the mid-season when City were really really pushing for the win. I'd have De Bruyne and Fernandes on either side. De Bruyne, although he was injured, walks into the team. He is such a key force in that City lineup. Fernandes, I don't think we need to really talk about him much. He was integral in changing United. Right, they the entire setup has changed since he's come into the team. So I'd have a Bruno Fernandes there as well. 
top three, my striker, no doubt, no brainer. I have Harry Kane, my playmaker of the season, and the golden boot. He walks into any team of the season this time. I'd have Son on his left-hand side because I think under Mourinho especially, Son and Kane teamed up really, really well. And he still racked up a lot of goals even after Mourinho left. So I think Son and Kane have to be in this team. I think the the way the season started, they were actually they actually took Tottenham to the top of the table at a point of time as well. Uh, after which they just capitulated. So Son walks into the team, and I'd have Salah. Even with an underperforming Liverpool side for most of the season, Salah still racked up the goals, still racked up the numbers. So Salah would be on the right of Kane. That is my Premier League eleven. What about yours, Abiram? If you remember, like when when uh, we discuss uh, the team of the year, we make sure that you know there are only like three players from each team, mm. right? We keep a we keep a cap on each player. Each team, yeah. We should have mentioned that. Uh, that was the that was the rule. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. I am going with Mendy on goal. Mm. Just because you know, I would have preferred Ederson. Ederson didn't have a lot to do this season, but then still, you know, uh, his uh, ability on the ball is amazing. So, would have preferred Ederson, but I'm going with Mendy. Mendy, we have, there's not a lot to say, right? He he is transformed the whole setup. So Mendy, I'm going with the four-two-three-one. By the way, mm. so four-two-three-one, uh, I'll have Diaz. It's no-brainer. Then I will. Ha- I'm going with a slightly different approach here. I'm going with Fofana. Mm. I really love that player. I think like he was one of the finds of the season. True. It was pretty good. He bossed it in the final. Uh, the final. Against Chelsea. Yep, yep. So Fofana makes it. Uh, then on the left, I have uh, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw has had probably his best season in the Premier League yet. I still think there's a lot more that he can offer. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to the Euros as well. So... I think uh, Luke Shaw on the left. And on the right, I'm going with Sufal. West mm. Ham. So, he has also been a very underrated performer. Like Just like how you mentioned, right? West Ham did amazing this year. And that the credit goes to Moyes and that team that he has built, right? Got in some pretty good players. Like, uh, you know, some, some of them didn't work out. But then, he still finished, like what? In a Europa League spot, yeah. right? Yeah, unlike... Unlike his London friend Arsenal and Spurs, and Spurs, true. Spurs are playing in the Conference League, though. Yep, yep, yeah. But then, have you seen Spurs' new stadium? Can you imagine that in the Conference League? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not to drift away. Like, I'm really sorry, Spurs fans. I'm not gonna say anything against you guys again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we might get death threats, right? At this point, every single episode. There has to be fans, bro, for for us to get death threats. <laughs> we are literally shouting in thin air. <laughs> because first don't really have a lot of fans. So does our podcast, <laughs> Sad Noises. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So, it's a 4-2-3 word. And uh, I have two different uh, central defensive midfielders. Like, I'll expect uh, Sauchek to be there. To be the one doing the dirty work. And Gundogan with him. Gundogan, as you said, he, you know, right when uh, KDB was injured, he, uh, you know, stepped up and he scored a lot of goals, you know, crucial goals in that point of time. So, Gundogan has to make it. And up front, I have, I think this is slightly controversial. Like, I have Bruno, I have KDB, so, and I have Rashford. 
I, I think he scored around 11 goals this season and he's got a double digit of assists as well. So that's the reason why. And he can play on the right as well. So that's the reason why I'm going with Rashford. I think he had a pretty good season even though he was not fully fit throughout it. I was also thinking of, you know, having uh, Son, but then Son also prefers playing on the left hmm. rather than the right. And so just to not mess up the formation, I put Rashford on the right. And then uh, I have Kane as my striker. That's a no-brainer, as you said. So, yeah, Kane, KDB, Bruno, Rashford. I think, you know, this, this sends shivers down any opponent's mind. True. My, the only biggest trade-off for me was between uh, Gundogan and Sochek and Son. So, I either had to have Son in my team or Sochek in my team. It came, it came to that. Yeah. And I had to have Son because I felt... Son has had good seasons in the past, but this season he was exceptional with Kane. Their chemistry was, the, in the initial few weeks, I think around 10, 12, 13 weeks, under Mourinho, they were exceptional. So, that's, that was my thinking. But yes, Sochek is also really, really underrated. He was, not really, he was underrated, but under David, David Moyes, I think he found his new Fellaini, so to speak. Who would you have on the right wing? I would have Salah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that that's the difference, right? Liverpool fan and United fan. Me going for Rashford and you going for Salah. The that's the difference. Salah had twice yeah. the number of goals though. <laughs> but Rashford had more assists. Okay, fine, fair enough. Anyway, yeah. So I'm going with Salah on the right. Uh, so those were our teams of the season. I'm sure you guys would disagree or agree with bits of it, and we'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to comment. Oh, Abiram, by the way, I was actually thinking about something. We are not those podcasters or influencers who all go all like, like, share and subscribe. I mean, yes, we say that now and then to our close friends when we are in our closet, but we don't really do that a lot actively. And that's something I really like about us. Yeah, dude, like uh, we expect this channel to grow organically without us asking for them to like, share and subscribe. We trust our viewers. I feel like a Spurs fan right now. <laughs> Anyway, let's not go there again. Um, so, yes, as we mentioned, a few interesting ways ahead. There's a lot of cricket action, Euros, a lot of things to look forward to. And bits and pieces, we'll definitely talk about all that. So, please tune into our future episodes as well. We have, we've got some exciting content up for you. So that's it from this episode. This is me, Adit. And me, Abraham, signing off. Thanks, guys. Thank you.